Hi, Keith here with Rebel Civics on Unsafe Space. Today, we're going to talk about the numerous secessions outside the U.S., past and present. There are far too many to list worldwide in one show. The shift over the last two centuries is away from massive empires towards decentralization. Peaceful national divorce is the trending method today, not war and death and destruction. The number of independent countries today is about 195, depending on how you count. In 1900, there were 59 countries. So one century of secession and separations and peaceful national divorces and a few conflicts has nearly tripled the count of countries today. Um, we have uh, guest J.G. Franklin. He's joining us from Brazil. Um, that's a country that was formed by a, a separation, mostly peaceful, uh, could be called a secession. J.G. is an actor and an English conversation teacher and a Washingtonian. He lives and works in Brazil. He's an advocate for the principle of self-governance. His credits include about 100 feature films, short films, commercials, and theater. J.G. returns to Unsafe Space after participating in the book club episode that we did uh, recently on Tom Wood's new book, National Divorce. That's a great book, by the way. You can download it for free uh, or check out the show. We'll put the link in the show notes. So, uh, J.G., welcome to Rebel Civics. Hey, Keith. Thanks for having me back. This is a pleasure. Yeah, it's great to great to talk to you again. And now uh, we're going to talk about outside the U.S., which isn't most people only talk about secession, at least from the perspective of a Floridian. They want to talk about the Civil War and, and how come you just want a million people to die. Uh, oh, look, looking at the rest of the world is, is interesting. So it's great to have someone from another place that uh, can talk about this. Well, yeah, and uh, it's... Um something when you really look into it, as you mentioned, throughout history, this has not been an unusual thing. I mean, the mm -hmm. course of human development has included cycles of centralization, decentralization, central, you know, feudalism into manorialism, and then back, you know, into much more centralized kingdoms and, you know, what have you. So this is not, you know, an abnormal, um, you know, thing throughout history. And the idea of self-government and self-ownership Right. I don't think is necessarily new. It goes back to Aristotle and you know Socrates, and they may not have said the same words, but they talked about similar concepts and things like that. So yeah, this is a it's a very interesting subject and something that I now living here in Brazil after living here eleven years, I've got a daughter who has dual citizenship, and I like to joke that she's American twice. Right? American. She's both, oh yeah. She's from the from the United States, um, but she's also Brazilian, which is an American you know country. So. You, you um, used the word. I, I sorry to interrupt, but uh, I forgot to write it down. But you used the a Portuguese yeah, word. Yeah, exactly. So exactly here in Brazil, they that? have estadunidense. Estadunidense literally means United Statesian. Yeah, and and Americans just like we have the uh, the World Series is just yeah. American. It's just U.S. <laughs> like we use the word American to mean uh, the United States. So. Right, which I've had to switch. Yeah, having, yeah, and I consciously switched, you know, almost immediately after coming to Brazil, because I didn't know, I didn't know about that either. I was this typical yeah. American, you know, American, yeah. United States, you know, arrogant United you know, States. person. So you're living and, in, you live in Brazil, but you're a Washington citizen or U.S. But yeah, Washingtonian. I'm from, I was born in Tacoma, uh, Washington, Michigan. right? So that's my, my native country. Native country. The states are different countries. They've always been separate, independent countries. Yes. They've yes, never been. United States has never been a unitary country. So I don't know why people think that. 
Of course, yes, I might have even understood that because of all the propaganda, but that's not just mm -hmm. not the fact. And Washington is a state that you can't say Washingtonian. Yes. It is one of the states that has that. I'm a Floridian, so I can say I'm a Floridian. I sometimes say yeah. I'm a Florida citizen. But well, um, yeah, and I don't know like Utah and Minnesotan, um, Nebraskan. They yeah, don't have one. I came from New Jersey. I my view is, you know, the Demo I immigrated, escaped, say, from the Democratic People's Republic of New Jersey. There is no word for New Jerseyan. Like that doesn't exist. Well, Nobody says be. that. There no, I don't be. think mm, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody says that. Like you live in Brazil, but you still say you're Washingtonian. I wouldn't say I'm New Jerseyan. I don't even know what that okay. would mean, principle wise. So well, anyway, again, yeah, I get but it. That speaks to, but that speaks to the idea that most people incorrectly assume that their state is part of a unitary country, which is not the same as a union of separate countries. Yeah, America is not the United States. No, it's you know it's it was especially after the Civil War, as I'm sure you know, we became mm -hmm. the well, yeah. we became the United States is. Before that, it was the United States. Are. Yeah. So let's. I want to get this out into the world. So the first thing I was going to bring up, and just to start, is this uh, world map. So the question is like, how many countries are there in the world? So depending on how you count, right now there's somewhere in the 195, 196, 197 range. Um, there's 193 recognized by the UN, not that I use the UN as yeah, who cares? to prove anything. One of the worst organizations um, on the planet, Jesus Christ. They don't count Taiwan, which I guess that's okay. It's really part of China, but it's pretty much self-governing or almost. Um, and they don't count the, they don't count the Vatican, uh, which is a country. They don't count Palestine, which is a lot of people, but anyway, there's somewhere in that range. Uh, also right. another count I saw was 197 that counts Kosovo. Um, part of Serbia, um, and maybe you'd, you don't want to count that. But anyway, there's somewhere around 195, 96 and right I think now. I would, I would be happy if there were many more. <laughs> yes, and so the trend that we want to talk about today is is this change. So uh, here's the list, 1900. So in 1900, there were 59. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's a that's an amazing change um, mm -hmm. to go from 59 to nearly 200 in uh, just over a century. Um, and that trend, almost all of these, if you look at them, they were peaceful. Uh, even the Russian Empire breakup was pretty much peaceful. Um, there's a lot of countries came out of that. Uh, the biggest one in 1900, the British Empire. This wasn't that long ago. Um, my grandfather was born about this time. 24% uh, of the people in the world were under the British Empire. And you know, this was in 1900, so it was after the U.S. broke away. All the 13 states in the U.S. left. Mm -hmm. um, even so, in 1900, it's still 24% of the population was British. That was pretty much all peaceful separations. Yes, um, recognition over time and, you know, effort and, you know, people wanting to, you know, mm -hmm. be responsible for themselves. That's the thing that's missing these days. Most people simply don't want to be responsible for themselves. That's literally the, the truth. The, the, the principle of self-governance has been trending. So it was the opposite the century before that, as you see these unifications and, you know, the, you know, the whole Europe being combined, the German Empire, the, the Empire of Japan. So just looking through this list, I wasn't going to get into any of them in detail, but 
Uh, it's interesting to see in 1900, the empire of Japan, Austria-Hungary was all one thing. This is, this is during the unification, right after the unification of Germany. Um, the Dutch Empire, the German Empire, the French Empire, the Kingdom of Italy, the Ottoman Empire, Spanish Empire. Um, oh, but this was after Brazil, so you're going to talk about it. So, anyway, the whole this whole list, um, there's only 59, and now there's almost 200. Here, right, and it seems like there's a okay. The trend is that, and I think it's inevitable to continue. But what with the pandemic, and then what with you know. <laughs> everything else in the certainly in the last 10 20 years the globalist agenda is very big right yeah that, that doesn't necessarily indicate that i don't know it's just i guess when i indicate that people seem not want to be responsible for themselves it's more that they've, they've become so submissive it seems more submissive than i would like mm -hmm. um and this is um so so the trend towards combining if you go back further uh I find mm -hmm. this interesting. It's also, you know, what was happening. Uh, this is Germany, 1948. There's all these, 1648. So okay. in 1648, this is what Europe looked like. Uh, Germany in 1648, uh, I have the numbers here. There were uh, a huge number of, of different city states and sovereign yes. kingdoms. And so, you know, this is the question, you know, is Germany better? Here's the number. So this is this is throughout most of the second half of the 17th century. So from this point, the next 50 years or so, Germany was made of 234 countries, 51 free cities, 1500 independent nightly manors. Mm -hmm. um, and by the by the beginning of the 19th century, uh, all three of those numbers were below 50. And then in 1871 was German unification. So this is a question. I'm not going to play this, but uh, Tom Woods asked it, this in a um, 2015 talk he gave called The Case for Secession. I'll put the link in the, the website, on Safe Space website for the show notes. This is worth listening to for people. Cool. Yeah, I haven't actually heard this one. It's unless a great it a, one. Unless it was an episode that he had on his podcast because i've heard a lot of uh, it's not a yeah it's i don't know if it's a podcast it's a, no, it's on mises media it's on the oh, mises okay, media yeah i definitely yeah, I found it, it. I, I found it through the through the uh, mises um institute right because of course the book club just uh, discussed his book national divorce and of course he's talked about secession i've quoted him you know in a couple of my articles and things like that too so mm -hmm. so anyway he he asked this question which is an awesome question so you, you know and and what I'm bringing up here is this whole idea is bigger, better, which is a common nationalist view in the United States. When you talk about a state seceding in the United States, that that bigger is better. Uh, that's not true. That's not the trend the last hundred years. And the question that Tom asked in this uh, in this um, talk, he just said, would Germany would, would the world be better off if German unification in 1871 didn't happen? If Germany was still yeah. 234 questions, and and so he goes into that a little bit, like Germany uh, was, if that hadn't become one big all-powerful government, um, I'd ask, and I'll ask you the question, like you know, here's a, this is my question, like what would happen, would have happened in the world, in the early 1900s, if Hitler was mayor of Linz and Linz was a yeah. city state, I think things would have been different. Very. Of course. That's, no, that's I, the question. I mean, 
Exactly. And centralization obviously has a trade-off in a good balance and a bad, you know, everything is, as we've talked about before, trade-offs, mm -hmm. right? So that's what secession throughout human history has shown, right? Is that people want trade-offs. And so if, if you allow this, you know, human nature, which can also be, of course, the free market, the market economy is humans. It's not, you know, it's, it's actually literally human billions and billions of humans decisions, right? That's that organic, you know, idea. The same with, you know, countries, societies, groups, you're probably going to have a much greater period of peace if you stop overcompensating into over centralization, which has been happening for, you know, the last, yeah, hundred yeah. years or so, it seems. So. And, and almost all of those changes were peaceful. Uh, there's just a few that were not. Um, well, it, well, exactly. And so, and it, I would argue the centralization has probably more been more warlike than you know the the decentralization. Luckily, I mean, in the sense of decentralization throughout history has has been good. And I don't know why it can't be even easier and better and more peaceful. It's just a simple recognition of self ownership and the fact that we can't get along. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I don't have any statistics. I have to think about. But that's an interesting question you raised. Is was the centralization done peacefully? In most cases, it wasn't. Like yeah, Len I Lenin and that. Stalin's centralization was not peaceful. Hitler yeah. certainly wasn't. Like yeah. World War One and World War Two was was an attempt at centralization that almost worked. Um, yeah, sadly. One of the peaceful ones, I guess, not to spend time on the U.S., but the U.S.'s original centralization was peaceful in 1776 through 88. But right. the one in the 1850s sure wasn't. A million people were killed on that centralization. Yes. So, exactly. so forced, forced, you know, centralization. So I might say <laughs> I have to think this argument through a little more, but uh, you brought it up. It seems to me that the formation of the current version of the United States was at least as violent as Stalin's formation of the Soviet Union. Sadly. A million yes. people died. Yes. Um, that's like, that's, you know, China, Mao Zedong did more deaths than that, but China's right. the same kind of story. The centralization there, a lot of people yeah. died. The Great Leap Forward, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Great, a lot of people were killed in that. Um, and, you know, Lincoln's centralization effort in the 1850s in the U.S. killed a million people. Well, I mean, this is a perfect uh, comparison with think about um, Star Trek. Is the Borg peaceful? <laughs> no. The, the Klingon, Borg are not peaceful. They just no, literally just assimilate, not. you know, everything. So The Klingons, they have a yeah, very yeah. rough relationship with the Romulans. They're sort of okay, but you don't want to start a country with the Romulans or no. a, 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 uh, an empire. Yes, eh. Yes. And I it's just amazing to me that I don't understand why it's so difficult to let people do what they want to do in a peaceful way. I mean I just don't get it. The the why argument it there's a lot of people and you get uh you know perfectly normal uh people who mean well when you talk about a state or a portion leaving uh who resist it. Um, Scotland leaving the Why? UK, T you know, Texas and New Hampshire leaving the United States, uh, parts yeah. of Brazil leaving exactly. the, 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 the empire, current empire as Brazil gets more and more socialist and more empire-like in their government. Um, the question a lot, a lot of people bring up the reaction is, well, no, we need to be big. 
that's why we're successful, but that's not true. No, well, and apparently Tom Woods talks about that very question, as you mentioned, right? This idea of bigger is not better. I mean, what does that mean? You know, it's, we're in this together? No, we're not. The 1871 unification of Germany is an awesome example. <laughs> it, that was not a good one. That was not no. a good one. And you could I certainly just, say that you know, China, Russia are another one. And I'm no longer convinced that the one that, you know, I was told in government schools that happened in the 1850s here uh, was a good thing. In the no, end, I'm not, not convinced anymore. No, not at um, all. Not at and, all. And it, you know, so, uh, so, so Brazil, I, I didn't know very much about Brazil, but you brought this up in book club. Um, so let's talk about Brazil a little, because that's, that's an interesting one. The Brazil history of separation from Portugal. Right, right. Which, yeah, which, of course, as you kind of hinted to, is a a loose interpretation of a secession in the sense of they've separated. That's what a secession is, is some sort of separation. And, of course, Princess Isabella, I think it was, and, and Dom Pedro II, the son of Dom Pedro I, um, you know, allowed them their independence, allowed Brazil to, you know, to be independent from Portugal. So uh, it sounds like the, you know, based on, especially based on what Luis Felipe Jornal Bragança has talked about, I've heard him talk a few times, and he is a, a descendant of the emperor, Dom Pedro I. Um, and so he's he's a historian, he's written several books about this, but it was a it was a realization. It was like, you know, the Brazilians people decided, okay, yes, we don't want this anymore. And they felt like, well, it works best for us too if we can maintain, you know, control over the land. It's a mutually beneficial thing because then Brazilians are more productive. We can, you know, tap more of their resources. Um, and that's what I find interesting about Brazil, um, not necessarily applicable now because Brazil is so socialist, but certainly as to what it was in the past uh, during the empire, it was very much a, a collaboration, right? It was mutually beneficial. That's what the constitution of 1824 was certainly compared to the current one of 1988. Um, and Luis Felipe Jornal Braganza, the, the prince, based this new constitution that he's trying to move forward, the Constitución Constitución Libertadora, based on the 1824 Constitution because of the empire. And there was a much better harmony, a much better, I'm not, of course, nothing's perfect, but it was much better than a truly central, centralized, coercivist, socialist, you know, fascist, whatever, you know, type of arrangement. And so Brazil was quite productive then. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you had so you had uh, sent me a couple links. Um, so one, I didn't know about this new constitution. Movement. Yeah, it's one I'm so trying to I'm trying to promote as well. I'm trying to get more people to know about it to understand what it means. It's not as radical as I personally want, but it does focus on more state sovereignty and much more decentralized arrangement in the unitary country currently, which is Brazil, because Brazil has never been a non-unitary country, sadly. It needs more federalism, but this constitution certainly promotes a lot more federalism. It, it's it's a more of a, a dividing, like given the states in Brazil. Yes, right. So, the, the power that they originally Exactly, like it says, says, Brazil soberano, Brazil livre. So it still maintains the country of Brazil, which I personally think is a mistake. I think Brazil, what I interpret as Brazil, and then Bra Bra Brasilia, sorry, my port, I'm thinking Portuguese and English, but Brasilia, the capital of Brazil, these two are the same, centralized coercion. 
But brasileiridade, which is the culture of Brazil, is already quite separated. The states are quite distinct. Cariocas are very different from Baianos. Paulistas are very, very different from Cariocas. Mineiros, from the state that I live in, Gerais, are very different. Right? There are different dialects. There are different word usages, um, you know, different accents, you know, what have you. And so Brazil has always been somewhat divided. And unfortunately, in the last 20, 30, 40 years, maybe, has been much more centralized, which is the problem. Yeah, and, Bra and Brazil, like, how many states are there in Brazil? I, I want to say 27. I could be wrong. I think it's like 26 or 27. I forget. But, exactly. but it's a lot, and it's it's a huge country. Oh, it's an enormous English. country. It's continental um, almost. It's a huge country, yes. It's, it's a healthy chunk of all of the continent of South America. Right, and Bahia itself is, oh, I don't know. Well, Minas Gerais, the state I live in, is bigger than France. Oh, that one state is bigger. So yeah, as far one as being, state is bigger than France. As far as so. this bigger is better question, like the state you live in is bigger than France, so you'd have to argue that France isn't big enough to be its own country. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. And, no, it doesn't make any yeah, sense. Bigger, bigger isn't better. No, I like to use the, uh, you know, one answer that, like, how about Hong Kong? Hong Kong's doing pretty well. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's one of the it's it's most tiny. financially successful places in, in all Asia. Yes. It's tiny and its only resource is a harbor. Like all right, what well, it has is free trade and, and you can form a company. You can form a new company in Hong Kong way easier than the United States. Yes, I'm Probably sure. very easier than Brazil or France. And look so at the, the, the Nordic countries. They're tiny too. Sweden's tiny. Switzerland's tiny. tiny. They're fine. You know, yeah, Denmark, there's certainly, Norway. You know, there's certainly a better arrangement, you know. There's certainly, it's a much, because it's more manageable. It's just simply logically more manageable. Mm -hmm. You know, the more you centralize, the more unmanageable it becomes, obviously. <laughs> one, one of the uh, com comments going on in chat is about um, armies, like bigger army is better. But oh. that is proven by treaties like hitler wasn't defeated by one country alone uh the king was not kicked out of the united states in 1776 it was 13 separate independent sovereign states mm -hmm. in a treaty and their armies are what fought really the continental yes. army was a collection of of the armies of the states right in the u.s so yeah the bigger is better isn't true for that either in, in, in fact, you look at like little Switzerland, like I don't see uh, Kim Jong-un threatening to nuclear bomb Switzerland. Like why? China, they're not worried about anybody. Like they don't, they're not an empire, right? So yeah. the, the bigger and better, that, that falls apart when you see how, uh, you know, is, is NATO better than, <laughs> is, is it good that NATO exists? That would have to be part of the argument. Sorry. Yeah, no, and this, it only takes, this is the funny thing. I think it only takes a thought experiment of a few minutes. Not yet. Yes, plug it in there. Sorry, my, my daughter is helping me plug in my laptop here so I can okay. focused on the meeting. All right, teamwork. There. Sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, this idea of, I might have lost my thought here. You were but talking about the bigger, yeah, decentralization bigger yeah. is better. Right, right, but this idea of, Again, it's more unmanageable, right? And it's, I don't know, it's just, oh, that's what it was. A thought experiment. If you just take a minute to do a logical thought experiment and follow things to their logical conclusion, this is what most people don't do. 
right? They don't even take five minutes to just objectively say, okay, this is this, all right, and this goes this. And if you really follow it through, it's a cluster. It never works. It just, yeah. it doesn't, it never works. It will never work. You know, it's history proves that, no, it happens because human nature is what it is. Okay. But it's always bad. And then, you know, we recycle, maybe recover and then bad again. And, and this is what ben. is amazing to me. Why can't we learn? <laughs> this doesn't work and we never do it again. <laughs> I just don't, you know. Some, pe some people do sense. learn. Maybe only 3% are learning, but 3% is enough to make a difference. Well, and 3% we is enough to have a different country. So. <laughs> yes. We got uh thanks Richard Petz for the super chat. He pointed out Switzerland is a great example. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, what why is Switzerland peaceful? Uh, there's a couple of things about Switzerland. One it is it minds its own business for one. It minds its own business. Uh it doesn't invade anybody. Yes, um, why? They're very much free market. Like everyone's heard of the Swiss bank accounts. Thanks. Yes. Like try to get your Swiss bank to report to the IRS, right? Yeah. <laughs> like Switzerland's a good place. Also, as far as uh, there's also some chat about uh, El Vaquero says, keep your guns. Like when yeah. something happens like Switzerland, right? They like everybody has a gun, right? Or well, most people guess, do. They they have a they keep a policy where citizens are armed. It would right. be uh, quite it, risky to invade Switzerland. Right. And isn't it also that they have like regular, I mean, citizen set training? Militia. It's a militia. It's a militia. Exactly. militia. Switzerland's yes. a militia. As far as I know, they still don't have a standing army. Um, hmm. But what does but that tell you? Adult, most, <laughs> most adults are trained and, trained? and have yeah. weapons. And it's not all. I don't know what the percentage, but uh, they're, they're, a lot of that has the attitude of, you know, the U.S. in, in the past. Remember yes, what the historical general federalism, right? The historical personal responsibility, right? This is my job, right? For what, my family, what did, uh, my city, and my, you know. When the emperor was uh, in, in World War II, when the emperor was pushing General Yakamoto to invade the west coast of the United States, he pointed out that we'll find a rifle under every blade of grass. You can't do it. <laughs> I mean, he just said, no, he's not even no. going to try like like Pearl Harbor doing Pearl Harbor from the air. We won't get into that, that that setup, but like that was a safer thing to do. But no, yes. he, he just adamantly refused to attempt to a land battle in, in California. Like he wasn't yes. going to even try because he didn't think it would work. And he probably sense. was right. Yes. Today. It might work. Yeah, <laughs> California's exactly. changed some, but yeah, in 1945, California was a completely different place. Um, so yeah, that's that was. Yeah, so Switzerland's that. got that that's as crazy. as an example. So Brazil, the other thing you brought up is that Brazil has this ongoing secession movements, which I didn't even know about. Yeah, no, I it, un unfortunately they're fairly weak. Sadly, um, of course the 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 last the last. Three southern states, Rio Grande do Sul, Santa Catarina, and Paraná. They did try to secede at one point. São Paulo also tried to secede. I think you have um, some, yeah, some information about that exactly there. That's um, when Getúlio Vargas he he came into power in 1930, and then the Paulistanos decided to you know try to separate. That didn't work, unfortunately. But yes, there have been movements, um, and there still are. I'm, I've been in contact with a couple of um, Instagram accounts here in Brazil. Um, at least three, yeah, in fact, three in Sao Paulo. Um, so there's still the idea, but as I, as I sent you earlier, some of the 
one of the people that I've spoken with mentions that the mindset is such the culture. I don't know. I want to, I don't want to be so, so pessimistic, but again, I think I mentioned this before Brazilians by and large are quite submissive. Yeah. You said they equate Brazilia, the, the capital with the yeah, Brazil, with the, with the existence the of Brazil. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's like, Oh, I'm Brazilian. Well, okay. Yeah. But Brazil, the continent, the geographic continent, and Brasilia are not that. We, we see it. Um, people, everyone familiar with the United States sees that all the time. You see the nationalists. Yes. People worship what Washington, D.C. does as, as a religion. They oh. follow the high priests of Dr. Yes. Fauci and, yeah, and, yeah. and do whatever the government says, right? It's a mental illness. It it's is a, truly it's a, a mental illness. I prefer to call okay. it a religion. <laughs> and well, I don't want to get into yeah. I don't want to get into comparing those. <laughs> right, but right. it's it's a faith. So so they're they worship the state. They worship well, the government. They worship the state. A lot of people claim to be atheists that aren't actually atheists. Their God right, right. is the government, the state. Right, exactly. So oh, and Jordan Peterson mentions this. Jordan Peterson has a good little thing on Instagram where he talks about because I've argued this for quite some time too. The word God is literally just a word. And if you understand what God historically represents, because the, there have been many gods, the names, right? You know, Osiris and, you know, Egyptian, whatever. Uh, Muhammad is the prophet, you know, Allah is the God, okay, whatever. But if you truly understand it, from my point of view, what God is supposed to represent, liberty functions the same. That your God can be, your liberty. God could be liberty. Yes. But that's, but that's not... Is that faith? I wouldn't use the word well, faith for that. Well, okay, yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of faith per se, mm -hmm. because I'm much more a fan of conscientiously hoping. I don't just faith. Unfortunately, oftentimes is too connected to blind obedience. This is what I don't like about faith mm -hmm. personally. So I prefer much. I much prefer the word hope. But my my point is liberty. If you truly understand liberty and truly understand the best of God, what liberty actually means, especially if you're truly libertarian, self ownership, property rights are literally everything. Then then that is a great God, right? The, it, it functions mm -hmm. the same. You're not blindly following it like a religious. But I'm saying it's a perfectly good substitute to say, oh, I believe in God. Well, I believe in liberty. Yeah, that you could say you believe in liberty the way that some other people have faith in God. But my view, the reason I would point out faith, and I'm glad you said that, as not where my belief in liberty comes from is because I've used my rational mind to sit down over years exactly. and decide that liberty is actually the best system to run a society I mean. around. Exactly. But that's what I mean to say, because if Thomas Aquinas, Tom Woods taught me this in his uh, mm -hmm. Liberty Classroom, a course that I'm taking but Thomas Aquinas was very good. He was one of the greatest thinkers, the scholastics, certainly, of his period. But he used, he had his five ways, right? These, these objectively reasonable proofs for the existence of God, right? But he didn't use any religious aspects in them. He was mm -hmm. just using his reason. So again, what it represents, I'm not saying the personal practices of whether you bow to the East or say the rosary. I'm not talking about that. But the the, the essence, and Jordan, Jordan Peterson talks about this, it's the thing that guides you. It's the thing that is your connection to your purpose and how you lead your life. That's what God, in whatever religious form you want, represents. Well, mm -hmm. liberty feels the same you know, purpose. It, That's it, kind of what I'm saying. 
Yeah, if you if you believe it. So you can believe in liberty from a rational, objective Absolutely. reality point of view of analyzing various ways to arrange society and determining that liberty is the best way. Right. Well, which and is, I, which I is argue, my position. Exactly. But I would also also argue that you could still be quote unquote religious. And if you learn, and I'm still mm -hmm. learning, Tom Thomas Aquinas's five ways, they make objective rational sense to prove that there is a an entity greater than us. You see what I'm saying? But That's, what but what is the entity as far as the supreme being? I'm I'm uh I would need uh, a little bit of prep time, but my re re recollection, and I have read some St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, he was wrong in a couple ways. What I like about him, he did try to use objective reality and rationality to prove the existence of God. His arguments, however, fail. Well, okay, yes, I think that you could now with <laughs> quantum physics and whatever, but I do, I guess what I like most about him is not that his, his arguments are the end-all, beat-all, but yeah. he did use rational thought. He did use rational thought, and he's interesting right. to read, and it's right. been too long for me to go any further, but that sounds like that would be a fun show to do, too. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, um, it'd be interesting, because I'm still under trying to understand them and where they fail, because I don't I don't know exactly where they fail, but yes, I've recently yeah, read yeah, the, 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 the arguments, how it doesn't work out. I'll have to, get, I'll have to back up. My but, recollection is he, he, he can be caught if you're watch him carefully using the genetic fallacy, using the uh, divine fallacy. It, it's, okay. it's some of the most of the arguments and everyone I've ever seen that attempt to prove the existence of a supreme being using the word God to mean somebody that created the heavens and the earth and man, they eventually get to the point where they say, I have no idea how this happened, therefore God exists. That's a summary of the argument. Okay. And that's basically the divine fallacy, and that's my version of the, the fallacy that you know God had to have done this because I don't know. Right, right. Okay, but then I would I would I would say that does it really matter? Because I guess what I, the, as far as I've taken it is such that it just makes sense. Right? I've talked oh, about this yeah. before, right? You know, the, the the four most underrated words in the English language, it just makes sense. Okay, I don't need to understand truly literally always why I want to as much as I can, right? But it's enough for me to know that a I do believe I have a purpose. So I'm a very spiritual person. I wouldn't say I'm religious in a particular orthodox or dogmatic sense, but I'm absolutely a spiritual person. And I know that the entity, I like what the Native American said, right? The great spirit. The great that seems spirit. like the best, okay, whatever. The great spirit mm -hmm. sent me here for a reason. I have something that I can contribute. Every human being does. But in order to know that, you have to be able to find that blend and that trade-off between reason and whatever you know, faith or you know something is. But reason should always be the temperance. Yeah. Yeah. Aristotle talked about this, right? You can have your emotions, you can have your desires, and that's all great. We're human. We all have these things. But reason should also be like, well, what's the what's the real good of this but then of course you have to define what is good what is bad you know there has to be a binary or hierarchical structure which means you have to be able to talk about the truth or not the truth somebody in chat asks would you say that god is the highest imaginal good god in quotes yes thomas aquinas i think you know maybe or tom woods reference and he said it yes he's he's basically the idea as much as we can understand and again it's a word to describe the idea 
Mm-hmm. Allah could be the same thing. Liberty could be the same thing, in my opinion. Right? Liberty Allah is does mean, good. Allah does mean the same thing. Yeah, okay. But but liberty, in my understanding, means the highest good for myself and for everybody mm-hmm. else. Yeah, so liberty and God, you can that's interesting. Right. And uh yeah, from an English point of view and just remind uh the listeners we're talking to an english teacher here yes (laughs) an actor and an english teacher but uh they're they're related fields right (laughs) yes yeah definitely like teachers are actors yeah good teachers are are probably could make well any technically anybody can be an actor i mean it's whether that's subjective whether they're good or bad or yes oh being good or bad is a separate question well yeah (laughs) yeah also technically a model i don't look like a model but i've done voiceover i've done acting i've done modeling yes Mm -hmm. but but to use the words in certainly in script writing acting um Mm -hmm. the words matter like what are the words you're using they matter a lot right sure the intention the emotion you put behind it Mm -hmm. the actual structure of the words right exactly Mm -hmm. i think we talked about this off offline before starting the episode this idea of people misuse the word reason everybody says no no no, i have my reasons well wait a minute do you because reason is connected to reason, raciocínio in Portuguese, reason. What, what is your objective line of thought that leads you to this conclusion? If there's reason behind it, okay, now you have reasons. If there's not, you have justifications. You have a justification. You say, well, if my, my reason is I feel that this is better. Yeah, that's how not, is that a reason? That's you're, not a you're, reason. Yeah, that's a... It wasn't reasoned. <laughs> so when you say the greatest good like this what we still have up here and it's interesting new hampshire here's the new hampshire yeah, exit secession exactly. movement in portuguese yeah for anybody mm-hmm. from there may be uh there could easily be some people in the new hampshire exit movement watching um uh there you are in portuguese uh mm-hmm. on a website and they're obviously i can't read it but they're using the new hampshire exit as an example for for this yes, movement here exactly. in Brazil. So you said there was three states in southern Brazil that are at least kicking the well, tires. Well, they, some have, few people. they have in the past. I don't know that they're actively doing that now, but in the past there was Rio Grande do Sul, which is the southernmost state. And then I think the next one after that mm. is um, Curitiba. No, Curitiba is the city. So it's uh, Rio Grande do Sul, um, Paraná, and I forget the name, of the, the name of the state. Anyway, I always get them mixed up. The but those three historically did try That's to succeed. Oh, they actually tried yeah, to. They actually tried. They, they, they wow. failed. But now I'm, I'm in, in car. Well, I'm aware of three Instagram you know, profiles of Sao Paulo who are trying. This is one of them who are in trying to promote this idea of, of secession. So Sao Paulo seems to be where most of the ones that I found, wow. at least the Instagram okay. movements, if you can call them such. Is um, Sao Paulo a city as well as a state? Yeah, Sao Paulo is okay. the capital city of the state Sao Paulo, of just like Rio de Janeiro okay. is the capital of the state of Rio de Janeiro. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. My Brazil geography is not all that great. Yeah, well, that's um, I've, I've been learning, too. It's interesting okay. because people from Sao Paulo, I believe, are, Paulo, I want to say Paulistanos, and people from the state of Sao Paulo, but not from the city, are Paulistas. Police. And then in Rio de Janeiro, the people from the city, the capital here, are Cariocas, and the people from the state are Fluminense. Okay. Another another thing you had mentioned. So in this, this is the new constitution movement. Yes. Uh, in, and you had uh, mentioned some of the people here. Yeah. If you click on yeah, um, Autores right there, um, then you'll see, of course, the different authors. But one of the the primary one, Luis Filippi. So he's the descendant of the emperor. Um. So he's the one on the bottom left corner. Bottom line. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, so and he's a he's a state sorry he's a São Paulo congressman, uh, deputado federal, and um, yeah, I get, the, the thing about this Libertadores and, and is, this, yeah, go ahead. You want you were uh, talking about re, this is a return to the to the federalism, the original setup of Brazil. Well, well, yes, certainly much more than of course what exists now, and yes, um, he based this constitution on the constitution that was I guess active in the em, empire, eighteen twenty four. And so there were a lot more counterbalances, what they call pesos y contrapesos, right? So weights and counterweights, right? To to prevent too much centralization, mm -hmm. prevent too much, you know, over um, or too much governmental abuse because the em emperor was still there. He still was living, you know, this type of thing. Um, so the block centralization of power, usurpation is the word we often use in the, you know, well, yes, it's referred to the federal government taking power from the states that it was never constitutionally granted. Yeah, it basically. And I think in Brazil, that was technically similar. And then, of course, in 1930, specifically in Sao Paulo, but even, but I, I can't remember exactly the dates, but then the three southern states wanted to secede at some point. That failed. Sao Paulo tried in 1932. That failed again. Um so yeah, there is certainly has been. I don't know how again. It's not super strong now, sadly, but there certainly has been. Um, the tradition you know, exists, and yes, and it, exists. it could it's, be revived. Right, and, and so now this Libertadora though is much less a secession in the sense of truly separation, like different countries. It promotes a more middle ground of mm -hmm. more state sovereignty. We still have the Brazilian Union, which I think is a complete mistake, but that's just my opinion. But then they would be independent, certainly much more sovereign and independent states. That's what this constitution proposes. So it's a more middle ground. Yeah. Um, so it's it's of, in it's increasing. It's still a decentralization effort. Yes. It's not a secession, a, but it's decentralization. Well, it's a secession from the 1988 constitution. It's an it's an uh, accession okay. or accession to the Libertador if if it happens. Okay. So there is a form of very yes, mm -hmm. a form of the, the the main. Yeah, the primary point to bring up is decentralization. So it's moving away from the, the mm -hmm. federal government having right. more so control much. and the yeah. states getting back the autonomy that they once had. Right. And they're very much, you know, Second Amendment minded, right? Porta de armas, right? People carrying guns. Um, I don't think they're big on liber uh, legalizing drugs or decriminalizing drugs. It's still something Brazilians and Brazilians have a butt All ton of drugs. Guns. Jesus yeah, Christ. I would be surprised. <laughs> I thought Brazil was, but then I know no, more about nor the coastal northern Brazil. Yeah, but no, there well, are a lot of drugs. There are a lot of drugs. There was a whole whole um, crack epidemic in Sao Paulo, I think, years ago. Oh. No, I mean, it's a whole, yeah. It's it's so ridiculous to try to say, oh, well, you know, we we will never legalize, you know, okay. Well, then you're just going to have complete mess. Ne never say never. You, you don't know what you're. <laughs> that never that never works out when you say right. That. So that's one thing where, where they're weak. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's where they're weak. One of the things where they're weak, I think, mm -hmm. um, and the fact that it's not as radical as I hope. But I am trying to actively work with Luis Felipe Elio Beltrão, who is the uh, president of the Mises Institute here, to try to move forward on this at least, but also it, this in conjunction with goldbacks. Right, I've mentioned that before in the book. Goldbacks. There's a goldback yeah, so. there. No, 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 no. I'm trying to introduce it. Introduce a goal back. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to get these guys, Libertadora, to understand the goal back is how you sell it, is how you sell Libertadora to the common man. They know what gold is there. Yeah, and, oh, and Some, the gold backs, the, the, the company could use gold. It would be a great. Yes. 
partnership. I think some of the gold we had here in the 1700s came from Brazil. Sure. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we could we could Utah could send some gold back soon. So yeah, yeah no, that's interesting. Is there any other so, tabs in here you want to touch? Uh, on? No, not particular. Of course, just the different histories, historia das constituições, because Brazil's had like a butt ton of, <laughs> of mm -hmm. constitutions apparently. And the current one is a 1988 one, which is just socially democratic and horrible. Um, but yeah, that's right. that's about it. But the, you know, for anybody that happens to you can, read, course, yeah, read you Portuguese read here, yeah, exactly. You could read the whole. It's ninety-four <laughs> pages. I haven't read the whole thing. I've read parts of it. Um, of the, but I, uh, I went to a talk about it and listened, and you know, it's certainly a good a step in the right direction. That's why that's the way I promote it. It's absolutely a step in the right direction. It's not as radical as I want, but you know, yeah, got to start that's, somewhere. <laughs> so that's good. So let's let's uh, talk about some of the other ones worldwide. And again, um, there's so many that it was hard to come up with a list. But I I wrote a few down mm -hmm. um, that I was just going to rattle through. Uh, yeah. We've heard recently Catalonia. So the question yes. is, will Catalonia secede from Spain? Uh, has, that that been, has that been completely kiboshed or is it still... It's it's squashed from you know the, what was happening a year or so ago, but there's okay. still occasionally still see about that. You know, it's hard to tell. Um, the The arrangement of Spain currently is not as clean as the United States as far as a state seceding. Like, what is the autonomy of the state? Uh, it's not you know Spain is not divided up the way the United States is, and apparently not even the way Brazil is. I mean, yeah, um, but I guess Brazil slightly. More, I guess it's, it's better. Slightly. It's a better separation. My understanding is there's no other thing that's called a single country in Earth that that is divided as well on paper as the United States, um, except for the European Union is actually better. Uh, but but you know you I would put the European Union as as one on that. They're really not one country, and we don't talk about it as that. But they're no, pretty right. centralized. No, they're exactly. moving further, think, and they're right. That's the problem. They should never be considered one country. That, I don't think that wasn't probably the intent of the union. The union was exactly that: the idea of facilitating certain aspects, not creating a country. The the union. There are a lot of people though who consider Europe. You know, that's the United States of Europe. Basically, okay, that's, that's what the, they that's want. The, that's that's the what they horrible version the of the United States of Europe. That's and that is quite popular view in Brussels, Ugh, right? That's horrible. Um, that's horrible. But it, it's not to the point where you know there's no uh, they they don't have a, a Lincoln as the the head of the union that would send bombers to London right, when Brexit exactly. happened. So everybody was pretty happy with Brexit. There's a good example recently of a state leaving a union. Um, that is a secession. It's a, it's yes. it's leaving. It was it was a peaceful national divorce, leaving a union, um, and there was a process in Brexit to do that, and it was done by yes. citizens' referendum. They voted right. to leave. A lot of people were surprised, um, but they did vote to leave, and they're leaving. Right, and that's I, that is basically the the process. I don't understand why it seems to mm -hmm. be so complicated or why people complicate the matter. Now, okay, in the logistics of certain things, I can understand how there might be, okay, we have to sit down and discuss this. That's fine. That's the logistics. That's not the decision mm -hmm. to separate. The decision to separate is pretty straightforward and logically mm -hmm. imperative, in my opinion. 
right? So I don't understand why that's complicated. Yes, of course. Then you need to sit down and arrange, you know, who's going to get the artwork and who's going to get the table and it's okay, fine. But that's manageable. And, and there are other, um, there are other countries, I'll call them countries, nation states might be a better word, but there's other uh, nation states within the EU that are talking about leaving. And several have threatened. Several have directly threatened. The, the last Good. one, Good. Uh, I don't want to say who it is because I can't remember between two. They may have both tried it. But last year when Brussels was dictating the uh, Northern African and Middle Eastern immigration numbers to a bunch of countries, uh, two of them flat out refused and said, we will leave the union. We'll leave EU if you force us to do this. And that's the the change that happened there. That that people, you know, they had the Brexit example. You know, the UK had already had just seceded, voted to secede partially for this reason. London is pretty much a is a, is a mess right now, partially because yes. of them going along with the uh, immigration numbers that Brussels decides. Well, and who caused all those refugees? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's a the subject we will talk for half an hour on that, I think. I've never brought it up with you, but I can tell that would be an interesting discussion. Yes. No, it's just, it, oh, my God, this is with, so, it's with, so with, frustrating. Jeez. But with the UK's um, uh, vote to leave by citizens referendum and them, they're actually leaving union, that secession example is sitting there. So yes. that does wake up the central government and – um, when a when a country in the EU says we ain't doing this and we'll leave the EU if you force this, mm-hmm. they just had somebody leave. Yes. So I, I would like to 30 seconds on the US again. I can't help it. Um, if one state leaves the union, that's going to change a lot. If Texas yes, or New Hampshire, whichever one goes yes. first, well, and it might and not even. Yeah, I wasn't even going to bring up the falling dominoes. I was just going to point out that that puts Washington on notice big time. Right. And what what about because this is why the roundtable is so important. They're working together. What about working Mm -hmm. together? Especially if we're talking, if we're including California, California wants to secede for the completely opposite reasons. Well, some (laughs) parts of California. I well, yeah, uh, I'm going to do another exactly. show. There three movements, yeah. Yeah, like there's six. I found out yesterday there's oh, six geez. talking to somebody. Um, no, so no, within, no. I, we better not go into that. But there's six different active movements, all different right. in California, but, but and they're no, all fine. I like okay, all you people talk about what you want to do. The idea is yes. self governance, and I don't live in California. No, no exactly. Business. But but the beauty of it, even if let's say there were only one, let's say there were only one, and it was leftists, which the, the prominent ones that I'm aware of are definitely leftists. But okay. They're, they're coercivist. I don't like the term left and right. They're coercivist or voluntary. That's a good word. The, the South is, or sorry, the South. California is definitely coercivist. Okay. So, but but at least the leader or the leaders seem to recognize that, well, yeah, okay, we want this and you want this. We're completely mm-hmm. opposite. Okay. But yep. that but that's good. Good. Let's separate. Fine. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Nobody's stopping. Nobody, well, no. lots of people are stopping. Nobody wants to stop that. And and I was, I was going to mention, the, when it comes to the government, the way the government reacts proves why secession is necessary. Yeah, they're 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 trying to hold it all together. Right? Yes, and that the people that is... resisted Brexit, like we go back to that one, the people that resisted that, they're trying to expand it. They want to expand central authority. It's along the lines of the World Economic Forum. They would rather right. the whole Earth was one big union. No, exactly. And, and so, they got to tell everybody what to do. Right, and so how can people? 
and, and again, I'm debating, I'm very much on the fence, not on the fence, I'm very much leaning towards the fact that it's not that people are incapable of understanding this, they don't want to understand this. They're willfully stupid, mm -hmm. in my opinion. This is, this is the problem. Willfully okay? ignorant. They're not ignorant. No, 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 no. Oh, they're not ignorant. No, 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 no. I, braved, I brought it up no, because no. I know you know the difference between those No, words. exactly. I would argue there's a difference. I am ignorant of millions of things, but I could learn. I could mm -hmm. go research. I could learn. I can then know. But if I take that information, or rather, if, I, if the information is there and I ignore it, now I'm being stupid. Now you're being stupid. Okay. You see, so they're willfully stupid. They're that's not good. ignorant. That's yes. See, that's that's the difference. I get it. That's a good. That's a good definition. All right. All right so I'm gonna I'm gonna problem. I'm gonna blast through a couple more, and I yeah. have a few links on some that that are uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, the three Baltic states, I don't have a link on that, but th they were a clear peaceful separation when, when the Baltic states, like the whole of Eastern Europe that was, you know, part of the, the Soviet Union, uh, an enormous number of separations happened there, yeah. um, all peaceful. Like, and you would think, well, if the Soviet Union, which is one of the most totalitarian, <laughs> uh, countries, right. if you want to call it, uh, sure. that, uh, in the world broke up peacefully. Completely peacefully. Uh, that's an interesting example of secession. Yes. Um, and within that, there's all kinds of variations. Uh, you know, the 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 Baltic states. Um, the uh, I found out about two others yesterday. Someone was telling me uh, I didn't know about this, but did you know Siberia? There's a movement in Siberia for the Altai Republic that used to be a country that was wow. taken over by Lenin or Stalin. I don't know the exact history, but that. that was annexed into the Soviet Union. That used to be a country called the Altai Republic. Um, and that there's, a, me, that there's a strong- me Hawaii. Hawaii used to be an independent country with yeah. a kingdom and a king. It was, and, you know, it was a king. Yeah, yeah it was a kingdom Crazy. of Hawaiians. Yeah. Uh -huh. So there's um, there's a uh, ongoing movement which has some uh, some teeth behind it in Siberia to separate from Russia and become a separate country. And another one is Ural, U-R-A-L, the Ural yeah. Republic, which is a, uh, they were actually very close to becoming a country. And when Boris Yeltsin took over, uh, that was squashed. He managed yeah. to squash that, but they were very close to separating at the time. And there's a strong movement going on in, in Ural right now to go back to go to become the Ural Republic. They were never an independent country. They were an area that kind of had lines drawn around it, but mm -hmm. I didn't know about them. There's two yeah, secession movements. Um, another one that I had here was uh, Scotland. Uh, yes. If you've uh, been following what, what's going on there, yeah, what, what do you think about Scotland breaking away? Yes, I think they, well, I mean, look at Braveheart. They've been trying to do that for, <laughs> you know. 500 so, years, I'll round yeah, off you know, something so, like so, a half yeah, a century. So, I mean, this is not, you know, this is nothing new. There's a bunch of movies. Right? I just watched but another one I hadn't seen before that was, you know, Scottish, a Scottish yeah. independence. Um, but this is, uh, this is something that I had uh, followed. I posted in the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, admin on the Florida, the Flexit, it's called Florida. It's, uh, exit page, but uh, we were got into this on there that there was a vote in Parliament, seventy to fifty-four. Uh, they reaffirmed the right of Scotland to choose their constitutional future, um, and I like how this is worded. I want to read it that that they say that um, this is in the Scotland Act, nineteen eighty-eight, reaffirms this belief that the people in Scotland have the sovereign right to determine the form of government best suited to their mm -hmm. needs. Believe that the United Kingdom should be a voluntary association of nations. 
and it should open to any of its parts to choose by democratic means Yes. what to do. Uh, that's going on in Scotland. Scotland could be one of the next ones. I wouldn't be surprised in the next couple of years. Well, and I, yes, and I absolutely hope that they that they do it. I hope this stuff happens, you know, simultaneously. I'm trying for the mm-hmm. same thing here in Brazil. You know, so. And I, I wouldn't expect a war. I don't think they're going to go to war. To no, keep but Scotland. exactly. But there's another thing. If more, if if Texas, New Hampshire, and um, let's say Florida, I guess, just as examples, and then of course, if 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 I could, you know, convince the last the three southern states, Santa Catarina, that's what it was, Santa Catarina and Paraná, you know, if I could get movement, some traction here, if all of these countries do very similarly in very close, you know, proximity mm-hmm. as far as time, then the governments mm-hmm. are going to be so spread thin anyway. And again, the way they react is going to prove yeah, what, what would happen. Um, no. All right, here's here's another one. Uh, it's going to bring up my link. Uh, Namibia, not too many people follow this one, um, but uh, Namibia, the country of Namibia used to be the state of West South Africa, Southwest Africa, two separate words. It's a huge state. It was a huge part of South Africa going way back um, when Nelson Mandela and the, and the ANC, the African National Congress, took over in the 90s control of South Africa and you know started destroying South Africa. Right at the beginning, the... West South Africa, Southwest Africa said, we, we ain't being part of this. And they left. Um, and I just had a note handed to me. Uh, South Africa agreed to give up control of Namibia. Um, so it was a, it was a separation. Um, there was no war. Um, somebody yeah. from South Africa just handed me a note. I asked her to look at it. But look at the, um, the majority of the, the things you've mentioned have been peaceful. Exactly. The majority so, have been peaceful. Yeah. So, uh, and I was going to bring up, um, a couple that uh, secessions that haven't been peaceful. And uh, my view is it's interesting to think about why they haven't been. So Ukraine, I look at it, Ukraine seceded from the Soviet Union when the Soviet Union broke up, became an independent country. Uh, Then Crimea seceded from Ukraine and voted to join Russia and Russia accepted it. 2014, 15, something like that. I think it was it was right around when the coup happened in Ukraine. So there's another secession. Then uh, two years or so ago, two of the republics, Luhansk and Donetsk, both those Duhansk, Duhansk, Duhansk and Luhansk and Donetsk republic, both voted to secede from Ukraine and become independent. They petitioned to join Russia, but they were not accepted by Putin. Uh, and since 2014, there's been a war going on between Ukraine and those two republics to try to get them back. So there's an example of a secession that actually triggered a war. Uh, yeah. And it's an interesting one to look at because of the change from 59 countries to 196 today, almost all of them didn't have a war. But this one's a huge, messy. They're trying to start World War Three over it. Yes. What do you think? No, it's uh, uh, well, okay. I would argue that it seems to me this is a testimony to the quality of the mindset of most people nowadays. The quality of mindset has the principles have been completely the principles behind secession, the principles behind self governance, whatever, have been completely forgotten or indoctrinated out of them, right? So, I would say this is a result. Of that 
that, in large part. That there's a lot of people who don't believe in it. So the, the people running Ukraine well, now. They've been trained to not even consider it. Yeah. I would might even use the word puppet, that you don't need to train a puppet. Yes. <laughs> But so the, the the current president, I mean, after in 2014, when the uh, U.S. State Department handpicked the new president and the CIA orchestrated a coup that overthrew Ukraine, why, why you see uh, somewhat facetiously, but, you know, the best sarcasm is based on reality, yes. that Ukraine is the 51st state. And this is a war between NATO slash U.S. and Russia over a regime change in Russia, really what's been going on. Um Within that, there's three other secessions, Donetsk, Luhansk, apologies if I'm not pronouncing the Russian names well, and Crimea, all of which are Russian ethnic majority populations, Russian culture. Uh, They were never part of Ukraine. Ukraine itself is a mess. You know, the, the western part of Ukraine used to be part of Poland. There's a lot of Polish there. So like that line is probably not in the right place. Then yeah, you got the middle yeah. part that's Ukraine. They speak Ukrainian. There's variations there too, which I don't even know enough to talk about. And the whole eastern side is mostly ethnic Russians. And a lot of these people would just as soon still be part of Russia culturally which, and politically. Which again, I just, this is what secession offers. If you just say, look, this is not working. I don't mm-hmm. like you. You don't like me. How can we help each other get the frick away from each other? Yeah, just draw a line. It seems easy. Like the argument, uh, the, ar- the argument is, and I, I got this one from Tom Woods too. Is like, look, I'm I'm saying it probably more aggressively than good old Tom <laughs> would say it. But look, all we're talking about is like you got this line here. Some people live here. Some there's a line here, and then we want to just take that line. We want to move it over to here. Right. Like, the greater what is Idaho. the big deal? The greater, greater Idaho, is, greater a, Idaho. is a perfect example of that. All it is, it's this, nothing has changed geographically. I mean, as far as like mm-hmm. the land, it's not like land suddenly shift from you know the north of the map to the no. Yeah. It's just drawing a freaking arbitrary line. That's it's all it, it is. It's it's yeah. The the greater Idaho, just for people who don't know, that's a movement where uh, something like fifteen, I think about fifteen yeah, counties eastern, yeah, in good, eastern Oregon have already Oregon, voted. Yeah. Yeah, I right. think it's 15. Well, There's look, another one happening look, now. They just want so, to move the line over. Right, right. So it's Idaho. I don't know how, what, what what my reference is as far as your camera is, but yes, it's Idaho here. I'll say from what. Yeah. And then of course it's just the, the eastern side, which is already connected. All you're doing is drawing a line. Yeah, it's it's the it's same. It's not thing. like it's, the western. It's not like the western half of Oregon wanted to join Idaho. Okay, that might be a little more tricky, but it's already there. All the they western, want is just. Yeah. The Western half doesn't want to join, right? Yes, exactly. Well, (laughs) Seattle, or sorry, Washington State, my home state, this is where I got my TV series idea, Liberty, because there is that movement. I don't know how how robust it is, but the Eastern half of Washington wants to form a new state, the technically 51st state, um, Liberty, right? But then, of course, this has been going on for like 150 years, because then, of course, there's the version of Idaho, Eastern half of Washington, and Oregon. So there have been versions throughout the last 150 plus years. Right? And and, and moving those lines seems to make sense. So yes. yeah, I wasn't going to get into the US part, but since you are actually a Washingtonian, that's that's interesting to have a Washington citizen here. Um, yes, and all it is is drawing a line. It's moving Look, the line. The, the, think how, how often the congressional districts are read, read, gerrymandered, and you know what? Yeah. That's all it is. They're just moving a state line. And in this particular movement, as far as peace goes, they're talking about getting permission of the 
Idaho and Oregon state legislatures and permission of the U.S. Congress. That follows the Constitution. Right. And again, I don't understand the resistance. Tax money. Think <sighs> Seattle and Portland don't want to give up that tax money. Okay, but then this, proves why, but this proves why secession is necessary because they're corrupt, mm -hmm. unjust. They're unreasonable. They're not reasons. They're justifications. They're mm -hmm. not reasonable. I mean, they're reasonable in the sense of, yes, you can track A, B, C, D, okay, but they're not good. They're certainly not reasonably good. Mm -hmm. They're reasonably, they're selfish, they're egotistical, they're centralized. These are not good things. No. I'm going to read know? a couple uh, questions and statements from chat that are good. Uh, Judson Pidson said, either you believe in self-determination or you don't. Exactly. Exactly. I've written an article about this, this idea that, look, every human being, I've mentioned this before, but every human being who is alive today, who has ever lived before and who will live in the future, myself included, everybody here included, is a hypocrite and a coward. Mm -hmm. The difference is I, among many other people, maybe yourself, admit that I'm a hypocrite and a coward. And now it doesn't control me. And so now mm -hmm. I can act conscientiously to determine how badly that affects my life and other people's lives. But it's self-awareness, which is part of self-governance, which is part of liberty. Anybody who truly understands liberty understands that this must be true. And somebody, so that's how you move forward. Uh, somebody asked the question, uh, do you think East Germany should secede and become separate again? I don't see them benefit from being smaller. Um, I don't know I don't, enough I don't live to answer there. that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't live there. Maybe they, maybe they, I don't know what their situation is. Maybe they would be benefited. If the they first, think they'd be yeah. benefited, that's what matters. So the first answer is, it ain't none of our business. Yeah, uh, who cares? Whatever they want to do. Sure. Um, I don't actually know how Germany's currently arranged as far as counties go. Germany is not made up of independent sovereign states, even on paper, the way United yeah. States or Brazil is, um, yeah. or the EU. So it's, it's a more difficult question. Uh, but Germany is not run by Hitler today. Uh, I don't know what would happen, but well, I'm not it, it, convinced again, that Germans, and I don't know a lot about Germany, but I have been there about eight times for work. So I do, I have talked to lots of Germans, spent a lot of time there, uh, including being on both sides of the line, <laughs> Berlin And what side. matters is um, what do just, they want? That's what, what matters. What do they what want? Do they want? Um, there was an awful lot of people when the wall came down who were happy that they could like go visit their family because sure. that was a line by force, brutal force. Yeah, certainly was not, um, you know. If Germany desired. separated today into East and West Germany, uh, I assume it would be peaceful and there right. would be trade and it would be but very then, easy to go from one side to the other. Whether they exactly, would both stay the in the thing. EU, I don't know. Maybe one there's half the thing, would leave. Exactly. If there was separation, then people could first find out where they belong, which is truly mm -hmm. important initially. Once they've settled, because they now don't have to fucking, you know, deal with whatever you know, or as much of it, then they're, mm -hmm. now they're going to start talking. Oh, but you still have products I need. Oh, and you still have a service I need. That's naturally going to happen. This is when it comes to Brazil. I make this argument because everybody says, oh, because Bahia is one of the poorest countries. The farther north you go, and certainly northeast, is just poverty. Okay. And they're completely socialist. They voted for Lula again. I mean, morons. Anyway, my point is everybody says, oh, but, but what would happen to Bahia? Well, I have two answers to that. I don't give a shit. 
<laughs> and B, and B, if Bahia were truly separate, you think Sao Paulo having the Bahia having the largest coastline of Brazil would not be able to turn that into some, you know, major lucrative, you know, whatever with Paulistas, with Sao Paulo businessmen wanting to hire or build hotels. You could certainly work something out. In, Absolutely. In the, in the end, uh First, the first question in response to that, I would say was, well, okay, if they can't stay, if they can't support themselves now, why are you holding a gun to my head to make me support them? You going to justify that morally and getting, getting it down to the level of a single person of of people helps when, when, uh, for people that are not able to mentally abstract up to the level of a million people, they can't, they can't go. So, uh, I just I'm thinking off the top of my head, but another way to put that is like, yeah, there are like 28 year olds living in the basement with mom and dad because mom and dad feed them and they put a roof and eventually you got to kick them out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Robins eventually kick the babies out of the nest, right? That, that's yes. how you have to do it. And maybe that's what has to happen with Bia. Look at look at all, uh, uh, for example, wolf um, packs, lion prides. The baby males are kicked out. They got to go find their own place. Mm-hmm. This is this is absolutely natural. That's <laughs> Literally. A natural thing. There's a com- Literally. there's a there's a comment here I want to address. It says for East Germany, bigger is much better for them. It was a lot worse as a communist country. They know what it was like to be smaller and it sucked. First off, they were not smaller. Soviet Union was huge, huge, huge country. So they weren't small, they were smaller after Germany reunified and they left the Soviet Union. Secondly, smaller and bigger is not defined better. We brought up Hong yes. Kong earlier, like Hong Kong is tiny and it's the most successful financial country in Asia. It's the center of the Asian financial world. It's their their Wall Street for all of Asia, which is uh, quite a lot of business happens through there. Yes. And all they have is a port. Their only resource mm-hmm. is a port and liberty. That's the yeah, two but things. But again, liberty, that's <laughs> the most important part because now they can mm-hmm. make the most of whatever they have. So he says, you know, they know what it was like to be smaller and it sucked, but uh, that's not it. The problem in East Germany was not size. The problem was communist rule and 50, 75 years, whatever it was, yes, of living under communism state. Yes, exactly. with, with, with Moscow dictating every little thing, construction of the buildings and the, the um, very I opposite of liberty. That's mm-hmm. the point. It's the very opposite of liberty. Hong Kong had, well, I hope they still have. I guess there's been trouble. Well, but, Hong Kong uh, is yeah. changing. Well, right, they're, but they're let's, let's assume, yeah. A hundred year experiment worked, and that's what right. China is so scared of. Because like, exactly. oh, shit, and, that worked. And the, <laughs> the most, pri- the primary element of that experiment was liberty. That's the point. The, the Chinese Communist Party, uh, CCP, is in a bit of a pickle right now because... They let the Hong Kong experiment run, and it was incredibly successful. successful. Incredibly successful, and everybody knows that. They also did another experiment in China, which is they allowed quite a bit of free market capitalism. They control it. It's still a fascist place. I'm not saying it's capitalist, but it is a lot easier to start a business in China than it is in California. Um, So That's crazy. And and you can keep more of your money. (laughs) So. Now, now you're very, you're still under a lot of control. The government still claims and takes a lot of authority, but that experiment has been run in China, and it's been also being amazingly successful. I happen to be talking to you on a device built in China, 
Um, so that that effect is is everywhere, and everyone knows that. And the CCP is in a, as I said, they're in a pickle because they just ran these experiments, which say we should actually just end the CCP. Yes, because <laughs> it's obvious what the best way to run society is. But they can't. But that, they ain't exactly. doing that. Elite, no. elites in power, authoritarians will they not will allow that. They will never do this. That's the point. And so it has to be. This is when I go back to this idea of willfully stupid. Willfully stupid. You you have to That's understand. History has proven this never. We're talking a hundred percent. This crap. This I don't care whether you. It's coercivist in any form. Collectivist, fascist, communist, social, it doesn't matter. It's its coercivist in any form or any degree. It has failed 100% of the time. Why does anybody bother thinking or believing in it? It doesn't make any sense. That's willful stupidity. For the sheeple that go along with it, the elites that get the benefit it's uh, easy to figure out why they do it. Right? No, exactly. Yeah, but that's never been a mystery. That's, that's not a mystery, a mystery, even no, to no, the no, sheeple. No. no, even to the well, sheeple. It, it is. Well, no, it isn't because they're willfully stupid, which means they choose. To be that way. <laughs> they choose to. If be. they were choosing to be conscientious, yeah. then it would register. Uh, duh. So it's not even an IQ problem. That's what you're saying. No, it's not. It's by choice. Look at all the intellectuals. Supposedly, their IQ is really <laughs> high, and they're the most coercivist. Oh. Their IQ is high, or you can measure it. It's measurable. Okay. High. No, exactly. But then they're morons. <laughs> they're willfully stupid. They're economic economic fools. Economic yes. morons would be economically yes, stupid. Exactly. I would yes. say that economically, um, right. historically, <laughs> frankly, you know. Yes. Yeah, R Richard Petz. Uh, thanks again. Another super chat. He said temperament plays a large part in a collectivist versus in individualist polity that is actually what we're talking about that the collect the temperament of the people that are running things um, to have an individualist mindset takes a bit of work and personal responsibility and and yes. reason rational actual use rational well rational actual mind. use of rational of uh, rationality and reason collectivist yes. is you know you can look Easy. at it as as that's it's a child's view of the world Mommy yes. and daddy provide everything. And you see when the government encourages it, they get voters and uh, people vote for that collectivist right. mindset because they think they're going to get fed. Exactly. And so this goes into the willful stupidity. This goes into the fact this is why I argue lying is twice as much work as telling the truth. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. think about that. I'm lazy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> it's just easier to tell the truth. Holy Christ. Who I'm, wants to work that hard? <laughs> I'm going to bring up another one, which I hadn't even listed. I don't know why I didn't think of this, but uh, because Richard Pett's uh, super chat was in Canadian dollars, um, oh. uh, I didn't list Quebec. But uh, Quebec has almost has come close a few times in citizen referendums to leaving Canada uh, good. for Canada's good reasons. Yes. Well, Quebec might be worse on its own. I'm not actually even going to get oh, into that part. So maybe it's um, uh, similar to the possible. I think, the, the I think now they, Quebec doesn't want to leave. It, I think it's oh, less likely okay. now than it was at one time. But I remember. Okay, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. Um, I remember uh, I might have been in high school or, you know, 20s, 30s. Like like Quebec has has gone to referendum um, to leave. Like, And culturally, uh, Quebec is quite a bit different from the rest of Canada. They don't even speak the same language. Um, 
it's it's a lot different. Um, so yeah, I would support Quebec leaving. Although I, my understanding is is actually less likely now than it was twenty years ago. Another That's comment. Uh, this is an interesting when you think about centralization, government authority. Um, if Google opens an office in China and the CCP tells Google to conduct espionage against the U.S. government by CCP law, Google has to. I think that's a that's an interesting one. My first response to that is, well, there's, this is a leading question because first you have to explain why the CCP conducting espionage against the U.S. government is something I would be against. I'm not sure we should talk about it on YouTube, but that's a, that's an interesting question. Why would the CCP be conducting espionage against U.S. government? Are we trying to get into war with China? Like, other than that, um, I'm not. It's not obvious to me that the CCP watching what the U.S. government is doing and telling me would be a bad thing. Um, no, no, exactly. But Julian I, I, Assange did that. I was okay no, exactly. with that. And I referenced this happened uh, because there was when Dilma Rousseff was was the president of Brazil. Of course, there was before that there was Mensalão, um, and then there was Petrolão. These these corruption scandals and things. Mm -hmm. And um, Brazilians were getting angry at the fact that there was like, of course, Sergio Moro, who's been I don't I think he's kind of gone the wrong direction recently. But anyway, he was the and he's from Curitiba, he's from the South, I guess. But he was a prominent judge in the sentencing of Lula, in the Lava Jato, you know, these, these corruption scandals and things. And then there was another guy, Delson, Deltran, something, I forget his name exactly, but they were getting flack from a lot of people because, oh my God, supposedly they did something unethical one one government body did something supposedly unethical to cheat on an, or to or to inform on another body and i'm like wait a minute these are both government entities i want them fighting among themselves <laughs> by all means go ahead betray each other inform on each other because then you'll leave me alone so go ahead i don't know why an a, a normal you know, citizen would complain about that yeah the the um I'll bring up one other thing. It's sort of related to this, but Carter, who started Unsafe Space and hosts some of the shows, uh, asked him about secure apps. So, you know, we were we would chat by WhatsApp, which is owned by Google <laughs> or Facebook. I forget which, but like assume people are listening to all that stuff security wise. Mm -hmm. So if you want to talk about secession, uh, he suggested using WeChat. Like for good and for security reasons, like they're all they all have the supposed security, but you might as well assume that anything that's headquartered in the U.S., incorporated, headquartered in a U.S. state, uh, the U.S. government can listen to. Yes. If they don't have a backdoor to the algorithm. They can call the company and say, I need to know what this guy's talking about. Yes. Uh, WeChat, yes. on the other hand, exact same thing, except it's the Chinese government that is listening in. And if you're talking about, you know, say, Florida seceding from the United States, do you think the Chinese government would really care enough to tell the United States government? I'm like, no. So that's actually the best place. I thought it was an interesting – and he's a well, security right. guy. And he did security for a living. That's somebody well, who did encryption and security for a living. Well, and it makes sense that, yeah, let, let them – you know, if they're going to – I guess I guess we don't want to say let the governments fight among themselves because look, look how that happens. But no, I don't, want, I don't want that either. 
I just want to end governments, then they can't fight. Well, if they don't exactly, exist, then they can't that's fight. Exactly, that's, another, that's exactly a good point. That's another reason why the more decentralization, the be- decentralization, the better. It yeah, just China, makes sense. China's, yeah, the China versus U.S. conflict. Uh, if you want to, if I want to put my ideal world hat on and solve that problem, well, and I'm not saying necessarily I would advocate this, but how about if the U.S. split up into 50 separate countries and China split up into, I think, in the 30 kind of range? I don't know the names of them all, but certainly Hong Kong, Taiwan, uh, the southern mainland part. I could name a few if I tried. But if they were all split up, too, we wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking about any of this. There wouldn't yes. be a problem. No, exactly. If people could just this discussion. if people could find their ideal place. There's much less friction. There's much less frustration. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what decentralization allows, mm-hmm. a, a, a diffusing, a um, venting, a mm-hmm. you know, um, relief, release. Mm-hmm. Right? So who wouldn't want to do that? that that's what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's going to relieve, relieve the pressure. So but, I, I have more. Yeah, I think, and I have more on my list. I I don't think we need to go through. If you have one you want to bring up, I'll just mention uh, one no, other yeah. one that's a big one. I think Czechoslovakia. So Czechoslovakia yeah. was was part of Soviet Union. It seceded, you know, when the Russian. I, I was one of the ones that seceded early. It wasn't really at the breakup, right? Uh, mm-hmm. A bunch of a bunch of the Eastern European administrative units of the Soviet Union seceded, like. As the you know, in the year leading up to the Soviet Union break breakup, like Czechoslovakia left, and Czechoslovakia, as it turns out, it, it was never really one nation either. That was oh. grabbed by the Soviet Union. Um, the lines in that were formed in I don't know if it was one of the World Wars or something like that, where they drew a line, the Allies or whatever drew a line about several different groups of people who never got along. Well, and look at, um, when look Czechoslovakia at seceded from the Soviet Union, it immediately there was immediately another secession, and Slovakia and the Czech Republic seceded from each other, and now we have the Czech Republic and Slovakia, which is a much better arrangement. Another yes. one happening right now, which I didn't know about. You hear all this goings on in Serbia, mm. um, that there's an east and west. There might be an east and west Serbia. Good. Um, <laughs> uh, that 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 you know. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's 196 countries today. Like a decade from now, it might be 225 or something. And I'm going to do my best to make that happen. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe you get three down there. Yes. Uh, don't be surprised if New Hampshire and Texas and California yeah, are, are three up there, are three, three more there. in the UN. Yes, I hope. Um, oh well, screw the UN. I don't even want to be part of the UN. But anyway. I would rather they <laughs> shut down the UN. But yes, of course. To yes, to use a count. Um, it it is common to use the UN count. The UN count's not yes. that far off. It's there. Oh yeah, you know, yeah That yeah. number is how many. It's it's it ends up being how many places send an ambassador or get recognized. But the the number of countries that recognize the countries in the UN. I was reading through that list today and I had to stop because it was fascinating. But there's countries that are in that list that are considered UN recognized countries. They're only actually recognized by like 100 countries, 100 others, like 100, you know. Yeah, there's and you read through the list and it's kind of funny. You, you could guess. You, yeah. <laughs> you'll guess who it was if I, I'm not even going to pop it up. But um, all these countries that don't want to recognize 
other mm. countries as countries. Um, and, that, and that would probably happen. Who knows? I don't think that would happen with Scotland, but uh, you, you know, Czechoslovakia is splitting up. There were some people that resisted that, you know, mm. they don't want to consider them to uh Taiwan right now, like, do you want to call Taiwan pretty much financially independent, governs itself, but it is part of China. So do you want to call Taiwan a country or not? Some of the lists include it, some don't. Um, it, it's it's a matter of, in some of the lists, is does the UN recognize Taiwan as a separate, uh, separate country? Or do, like, you know, what's the map that I had brought up? Um, I'll pop that up again because we can kind of close this out. Um, yeah, I've actually got to head out here soon. Yep, I have to. Uh, I have to do something else too. So, and I didn't mean to keep you this long. I appreciate. Oh no, 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 no. This, yeah, this you. map of of a hundred and ninety six seven odd countries. Um, it's uh, it's an entry site, and this is the World Atlas. It's not a UN site. It's the World Atlas, and you can click and go into here. Um, they talk about some of the other. Um, places Kosovo, Taiwan. So um, I, I'll bring up one of them, like Kosovo. So Kosovo was only recognized by 97 UN members. members. But you say 97, that's half. Uh, that's getting up there. Uh, mm -hmm. Palestine is recognized as a country by 138 UN members. So a lot of people don't. Well, I don't know. But then it goes back Palestine. to the, why is the UN the, the standard for recognizing a country? <laughs> well, I, they're not they're not using the UN actually. Um, oh, okay. And I use some of the other. Um, they call them partially recognized. Uh, so I I like this, and I I yeah. saw about half a dozen different numbers before I realized it, because I just tried looking naively. I said, "Well, how many countries are in the world?" So I like did that on well, DuckDuckGo, and, and I saw me. like eight different numbers. I don't know how many of you guys know anybody listening. There is a this is related very much to secession because there is a, a film. A, a, well, it's not a documentary. It's a, it's a film, but it's a true story about Rose Island. Have you ever heard about this? Rose no, Island in Italy. No. An Italian engineer built his own country. No, I know about this. Yeah. Check out Rose Island. It should still be on Netflix, I believe. Is that this is an example of secession? Is that uh, did, did he send an ambassador and become yeah, a member of the UN? Actually, and look, look at this. I don't want to have a spoiler, but pay attention to the ending. Rose Island. Okay, let me write yeah, that down. Yeah, Rose Island, but pay attention <laughs> to the ending. It's amazing what it actually says. <laughs> okay, so Rose Island okay. is an island formed well, it's, by it's one destroyed. person. It's destroyed. It's oh, of course. Destroyed. It was of off course, the coast yeah. of Italy. The guy's an Italian engineer. Enzo something. I think his name is Enzo. I don't remember exactly the, the details. Yeah. But it's a great story. It's a true story, um, it's, it's, and it's very much related as it's a secessionist. And, it, and it, Italy didn't want that. Um, no, exactly. So and just, here's another, just you know, as far as the count goes, uh, this is interesting. Of the now, the United States. Now, there's another number. So you want to use 196 from the UN. The United States officially recognizes 195. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. What's the difference? <laughs> so I thought, well, maybe there's right. just one, but it's not one. Uh, there's several that are different. The United States recognizes Kosovo. But it doesn't recognize Palestine. And it doesn't recognize secession. Interesting. It doesn't recognize secession. Amazing. So, How hypocritical. <laughs> so the, um, the, 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 I'll bring this up briefly because I'm, because I was thinking through this as I was getting ready for the show when I listed 
uh, Ukraine. Oops. Oh, no worries. Yeah, I've, I've actually. I, got when to, I listed, yeah, I you got to go. You have a class. I actually have mm -hmm. a um, have to do an interview. Um, the uh, even though I want to have a secession in my condo between, I think I want my building <laughs> to secede from this union, but that'd be a different subject. Right. <laughs> I'm the president of the condos. <laughs> okay. Worst job I ever had in my life. Um, right, anyway, the uh, just just get your comments. I'll just say briefly. It's interesting that the the failure, you know, if you say the failure of secession, so Ukraine's a mess right now. Crimea seceded, seceded from Soviet Union, then seceded, then joined Russia, then the Don the the uh, Donbass region, two republics. They're trying to secede. They're independent. They've been in a war. Ukraine has been bombing them since 2014 um, to keep them. That secession. What's opposing that? What's opposing that? Yeah. The centralist, globalist mindset, if, if I'm understanding correctly. The, the United States government, NATO. Oh, yes, of course, which is the central globalist, you know, cabal. So, <laughs> so a couple of, you know, if you say, well, secession doesn't work, it'll, you'll start a war. Like, like you could say, when you but say, well, you a, think the three a, states in Brazil want to secede. Version. Yeah, but that's a Do you want to secede? Well, exactly. But here's the thing. Nobody, this is something I'm actually trying to do, and I, I'll have to probably sign off after this. But okay. this idea, I'm trying to get people to do this, to have a poll, at least in Minas Gerais, and say, mm -hmm. look, who supports this idea? That's all I want to know. Because let's say because there's an area, the nose of the state called Triangulo Mineiro. And as an example, let's say there was a statewide poll that said, okay, who favors this idea of at least the Constitución Libertadora, which again, is not as radical as I want. But at least that, oh, it's this, you know, area, this Triangulo Mineiro. That's where everybody's physically located, coincidentally. They're the ones who support it. Okay, well, then that's where we start. Because my big thing is we have to have focused, surgical um, conversations. Too many people are concerned, oh, we have to convince everybody. No, a vast majority of people are willfully stupid. They've already decided. We don't need to talk to them. Okay, we need to find people such as yourself, people like, you know, Juan Gabriel, who are, I'm trying to work with here in Brazil. We need to find specific people. That's what we need to spend our energy on. Stop wasting time with, with willfully stupid people. They're never going to change their mind. And they just that's, frustrate that's the yourself. But it's, exactly. But that's where everybody, yes. no, 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 we have to, we have to, we have to convince them. No, they've already made their decision. Yes. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. Never, never mud wrestle with a pig. The pig will win and he enjoys it. Of course, so, yes. yes. That's worse. It doesn't, it doesn't work. So, <laughs> okay, I want to I want to close out. Yeah, you got to go. Yes, thank um, you. Yeah, sorry, class. sorry about this. And, uh, so I just, it's been a pleasure. I'll just make one. I had a quote I was going to read at the end because yes. I was going to get into principle, but I think we touched on it over and over. But, yes. mm -hmm. you know, the the principles of the Declaration of Independence, the, the idea of self-governance, that people can determine their own form of government and can alter or abolish a government that is not meeting their needs. Mm -hmm. That's behind pretty much all of these, these movements. Absolutely. That principle. And, and we don't, you know, people don't realize what the declaration of independence is, but this is a great quote I heard from Brian McClanahan, a historian. I just saw this recently. We don't teach the real declaration of independence. And by we, yes. he's talking about government schools yes, in the United States. We don't teach the real declaration of independence. It's not a founding document. It's a defounding document. It's a document yes. of secession. Absolutely. 
That's a great quote. Brian McClanahan, yes. historian. Yeah, I know. I've, I've, I've watched a few of his talks. I've listened to, you know, some of his courses on uh, Liberty Classroom, Tom Woods, Liberty Classroom. It's yeah, he's fantastic. And he's, oh, very, yeah, he's and Kevin Gutzman is another good one. Kevin Good uh, he's one of the history teachers. Now. So that's yeah, another yeah. good resource for people interested in this topic. Tom Woods, yeah. Brian McClanahan, especially yes. I appreciate as a Floridian, Brian McClanahan, Southern perspective, oh, he's being, great. being a citizen he's great. of a state that is not a voluntary member of the United States. We were overthrown and annexed. Yes. Um, so war of northern aggression. In the war of northern aggression. All right. Uh, all right. So I'm going to close that. So thanks Thank a lot for so joining. Much. Let you I get to your it. class. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Always a pleasure. Bye bye. This production was made possible through the generous support of our members. To join our community, visit unsafespace.com. Unsafe Space is an online publication for individualists interested in subverting authoritarianism and ushering in the next enlightenment. For biting analysis and nourishing composition, or to sign up for our weekly news brief, The Abstract, visit unsafespace.com. Thanks for joining us today. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized for distribution on Apple devices. The following co-conspirators are hereby uninvited to Klaus Schwab's winter solstice party. Please be advised that CBS News has paused activity on unsafe space while it continues to assess security. Central Bank Digital Currency is a safe and secure way to protect you from Sam Bankman Freed. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it, I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is misinformation. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.